Hello, my name is Sawyer Phillips, and welcome to the Catholic Student Union Podcast, a place where we explore our Catholic faith through stories, teachings, and inspirational ponderings. You may also get a look into the anecdotal thoughts of my mind. I hope you're ready for a journey, an adventure, whatever you want to call it. Buckle up, and welcome to the show. Hello, welcome back to the second ever episode of the Catholic Student Union podcast. My name is Sawyer Phillips. I'm your host. And uh, today with me is a good friend of mine. His name is Mike Patterson. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Sawyer. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. How are you? I'm great. I'm back home in Vero Beach. Uh, just left Tallahassee a couple days ago, enjoying time with my family. That's awesome, man. Yeah, Mike and I, we lived together uh, all year, actually. We were in the same house, part of the CSU household program. Um, Mike's a huge Dodgers fan, so a few years back, he was down in, I think you were Vero Beach, right? Working with the Dodgers, doing some broadcasting, or was that in California? That was in uh, Port St. Lucie, Florida. I was working for uh, the New York Mets organization, their single-A minor league baseball team, the St. Lucie Mets. Dude, I royally screwed that up. It's okay. <laughs> I, got meet, I got to meet big players like uh, David Wright, Jay Bruce. It was basically where all the MLB players would come down after they get hurt and they do a couple rehab games to get themselves back into shape and back into MLB play. That's awesome. You got any cool stories from that? Um. Well, probably my favorite one was calling a game live with uh, this guy named Adam McDonald who still works for them and uh, – yeah, calling a triple play live is uh, pretty crazy because your head is just – there's so many things bouncing around, so many things going on. Um, the second one would probably be a, this one guy robbed a home run and, and threw a guy out at third. It was just – it was a crazy sequence. Dude, that's awesome. Holy shnike. You got to have a cannon to, to rob somebody and then throw them out at third base. Yeah, it was uh, – I think it was either a one hopper. It was pretty good. A one hopper? Dang. That's really cool. Yeah, man. So how's it been being home? It's been really peaceful, man. Um, like I said, I haven't been home for that long, but um feel at peace just being with my family, my mom and dad and sister. Um, yesterday, we all rode the bikes around the neighborhood and um, sat and watched the sunset, and uh, it was just really beautiful. That's cool. That's awesome. What's your, what's your family's, like, what's your dad and mom's name and your sister? So my dad's name is John. He's a police officer, a lieutenant back home. And my mom's name is Lori. She's a speech therapist in town. And my sister's name is Catherine. Okay. And that's cool. That's a family that stays together and spends time together, sticks together, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's actually really cool. Um, that's what we're going to talk about today's community. And the family, the, the central family, is uh, I think the first experience we ever have, most people, of what community life is really like. And it, it can be done really well and it can be done poorly. Um, but there's surprises. There's surprises along the way. So I wanted to talk about something that surprised both you and I a couple nights ago at <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so for all of you who were not in my house on, I think, what was it, Wednesday or Thursday? No, maybe it was Saturday. No, it was Sunday night. <laughs> it was that? Oh, my gosh. It was only two days ago. 
Three days ago? Yeah. Holy crap. That's so much closer than I thought. Um, so three nights ago on Sunday evening, uh, we are all sleeping and we're about to, I mean, we're in the middle of the night. We're getting up for morning prayer the next day. So every Monday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, we get up pretty early, usually around 6.15 or so, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. Uh, and we all do liturgy of the hours. And that's one of the my favorite parts of household is is getting to pray with the guys I live with. So we're all sleeping. It's 2 o'clock, right? Everybody's in bed. And Mike, what happens? Well, I thought I was dreaming. <laughs> but um, smoke detector kept going off. And it was going off in, in different rooms that around the house and first time it happened i thought it was a dream like i said but um it seemed like it was happening every 10 minutes from about 2 to 3 a.m and we had to unplug a lot of a lot of different smoke detectors around the house including one in my room <laughs> so i'm laying in bed at two o'clock and my buddy alec everyone who's a part of csu knows alec uh <laughs> he does not like to be woken up at all at all and so we're in, uh, I'm, I'm sleeping and boom, my door bursts open and I'm woken up. Swear, swear, what's going on? I'm like, what? I just woke up. What do you mean? What do you mean? He's like, can you hear it? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, what, what the heck is that? He's like, it's a smoke alarm. I'm like crap. Is the house on fire? He's like, no, we checked everything. Nothing's wrong. I'm like, why are they going off? So for the next hour, just like Mike said, we took a like, I don't know. They kept going off every 15 minutes. We'd go and turn them off, click the test button. We're checking them. Basically, over the next hour, we had to look online. And we found out that all the smoke alarms are connected via like a, an AC current and throughout the house. So when one goes off, the rest of them go off. So for an hour and a half, I, it started at like 1.30. I, I got up at 2 because I didn't hear it. My room wasn't connected to the AC current, which I don't know if that's a bad thing or not, but that's how it happened. But Mike's woken up, Alex up, all these guys are up, and we're all looking around, like, trying to figure out what's the culprit here. It must be a faulty fire alarm. So we find out the one beeping red, like, with a really bright red flash, is supposed to be the one that sets everything off. And over the next hour from 2 to 3 in the morning, we're doing detective work, and then they randomly would go off, and it would annoy everyone. <laughs> we're all super tired. And eventually, I hear it, and I hear Mike sleeping, He's like trying to fall asleep and I hear it in his room. So I open his door and I look and that's the red one. It's flashing red. And he's like, what the heck, man? <laughs> and so you were pretty annoyed, but we finally found it, turned it off and took care of the job. Absolutely. Yeah, it was quite tumultuous. Quite tumultuous. Great word. Great word choice. Yeah, dude. So you never know what's going to happen, but having people you love around you, having people to do crazy stuff with and to figure out challenges with always makes it better. And that's one of the things I love about community. And I don't know, man, you and I have lived together for a whole year. We've had ups and downs. Uh, we've <laughs> found a lot of challenges in certain things, but we've also found a lot of joys that have definitely outweighed the challenges in my opinion. Um, so I'm curious, what do you think, like when you hear the word community, not just a buzzword, but what do you really think about when you hear that word? Hmm. I think of the word communion, first of all. I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, and it's really, at least in the way that I've experienced, it's really just the grace of the Holy Spirit um, that brings 
a group of people together um, to make a communion in love um, that not only uh, flows inwardly, but also extends throughout the earth. Um, so that would be my kind of definition of it. That's like a very religious and very Christian definition. And I think that's perfect. I even pulled up the catechism to check because I thought we'd get to that point is and, uh, in 1878, not the year, but the, the article within the Catholic catechism, catechism of the Catholic church, it says all men are called to the same end, God himself. There's a certain resemblance between the unity of the divine persons and the fraternity that men are to establish among themselves in truth and love. Love of neighbor is inseparable from love of God. And I thought that was so fitting because mm. like what you just said, God himself is communion. He's the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And to live that is the end of our life. Like we're, our goal is to get to that point. It's beautiful. And the next article actually talks about our, necess our necessity for being in communion with one another. Mm. Um, it's the human person needs to live in society and society is not for him an extraneous addition, but a requirement of his nature. It's not an extraneous addition, but a requirement of man's nature through the exchange with others, mutual service and dialogue with his brethren. A man develops his potential. He thus responds to his vocation. Mm. And I've experienced that in my life. I've experienced being, being formed, being grown, um, being challenged and also uplifted in times of need. So what does it mean now that you've lived within a house like this? You're going to be a senior next year in college. What have you experienced of community in college? Well, my experience of community in college taught me how necessary it is, uh, not only now, but for the rest of my life and how uh, I can't go through this life alone. I can't uh, be selfish and just focus on myself, but it's really taught me purity of heart and, and charity. Um, and it all starts with being loved first. And once you receive that kind of love from somebody, all you want to do is reciprocate it. Um, and that's what I felt uh, during my time in college. Um, so community has constantly, uh, although it's brought me together with so many people, it's also a journey towards like the interior of my heart and the meaning of my life. Um, basically trying to unite myself and my life to charity um, through community. How does that look in the day to day? Because that's, it's like a beautiful end goal and a great principle to live in. But what does that really look like? Yeah, well, I'll give you a quick rundown of my experience, I guess, with community in college. I mean, as a freshman, I came into the Catholic Student Union kind of wide eyed and um, hoping for something new. And basically, I'd, I'd been loved well by, uh, you know, older older guys in the community who, you know, spent and went out of their way to hang out with me, reach out to me. Um, You're talking within the Catholic Student Union community? What's that? Is this within CSU or in general? Uh, within CSU. And so, okay. so what that taught me is um, after receiving that kind of love and um, 
and charity really I just wanted to reciprocate that into my sophomore year and junior year um, and so really with community I think it's very important that it starts with an individual it starts with like a one-on-one -on -one relationship um, you can't have a brotherhood or sisterhood without having a brother or sister to start with um, so it really starts you know we always say it person to person to a people um, but being able to love in one individual person is what begins to sort of form that community and to then bring people into that light and uh, bring community together. Amen to that. That's, that was my experience in college as well. I, I found a group of men and women who were really on fire for, for God. And that's what I was looking for at the time. And a lot of people aren't, but eventually we come to this. Like when we find the fulfillment of our hearts, it's actually in Jesus. And we know that from experience. And so when we find it, we want to share it with people. And that's the group of people I encountered as, as well. Like men and women, my buddy, Adam, he was a great influence in me. He's, he's my best friend. I'm the godfather to his daughter. And he was a man who reached out to me and he said, Sawyer, I, I want to be your friend. He didn't tell me these things, but this is the way he lived. He acted this way. And I could tell. Like, I want to be your brother and your friend and, and invite you into my life. And I have a deep life of faith that I want to share with you. But I also have a life of fun with, like, a lot of good people. And that drew me into his community. And I felt like one of the family at that point. And it sounds like you had a similar experience. Absolutely. And um, it's really just, it's a critical moment in your life when you're at the beginning years of your college time. And, um, I mean, there's just so many different ways you could go with your life. Um so it's just a super powerful moment in my life um, as I, I was able to just delve deeper into not only the community, but like I said, into myself. And what I found were the fruits of just peace, joy and, and true liberty. I mean, it was. It was amazing. It was like I truly found myself. That's really encouraging. It's good to hear that. I think it gives hope to people who, who don't have that yet. If you're listening, you don't have that. Um, I mean, it's there. It's present. There's people around, hopefully, who are ready and inviting. Um, but if not, go seek it. Go seek that out because it's very good. Living life in community is necessary. and it's, It can be really isolating when we don't have that. Um, it can also be, <laughs> like you met, I don't know if you mentioned it on here, but we were talking the other day about, about the, the sharpening that community can can offer us like mm. proverbs what is it proverbs twenty seven seventeen says iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another mm. i'm curious living in a house with you for a year i've experienced being sharpened and also sharpening what what was your experience like with that yeah i think it's it's the most humbling experience you can have um at least living a communal life with people it's probably one of the most difficult things too um, because it's just such a greater challenge and in, like intimacy into people's lives, especially when you're all running towards the same goal. Um, but like you said, I mean, it just pushes each guy, especially like in our house to, to want to live better to, um, not out of a comparison of envy, but out of a comparison of. I see how well this guy is living out his life in this aspect and I want to chase after that. I want to follow that or um, strive after it. So it's very inspiring too. And it kind of calls you on the communal life 
here at Florida State has called me on to um, to be better and to improve myself just when I thought I'd, you know, plateaued or I, okay, this is good enough or I've, I've done enough. Um, but constantly that charity of loving my neighbor, especially uh, to the fullest extent, um, is definitely the biggest challenge and the biggest call. Amen to that, man. It's it's frustrating and it's hard and it's it's really good. Sometimes it's easy, but throughout the whole thing, it's it's this forming of of intention and and uh, of the heart and the mind. I think, and uh, like you said, it's this purifying thing. It's it's a hard thing to go through because it's uh, it stretches who you are and it stretches your perception of different ways of experiencing life. It makes you less selfish, I think. And I think that's what I've heard a lot about from married couples as well is living in a family. You learn how to love your spouse. You learn how to give of yourself to die to yourself every day. Mm. And that sounds morbid, but in the Christian life, that's the call. It's, it's to die. Whatever vocation we're called to our state of life, whether that be religious life, priesthood uh, for men, at least and, and married life, those, those calls or even consecrated single life, they're all called to die to yourself so that others might live. And that's a sacrificial love of Jesus. Um, and I've experienced that living with you. One of the things that you did for me actually was call me up to be, to be clear with my words and to be a man of integrity. to let my yes mean yes. Um, by challenging me to say, sorry, we're talking about a lot of things. These are great ideas, but when are we going to act on them? When are we going to do them? And through that challenge and that call on, I was actually, I was moved to action. And I think it helped us as a household to start acting on some good ideas and start acting in ways to grow in brotherhood, to grow in friendship. And I appreciate that for you, Mike. I want to honor you mm. and, uh, and let you know that because you spurred me on in that way that probably wouldn't have happened otherwise. Yeah, I think one of the challenges in, in communal living is kind of when you're focusing on your vision and goals, which are just super essential, it's easy to fall into kind of the abstract uh, way of thinking or even the vision of it um so it's not even about practicals but just being able to pin certain things down and uh i guess just with clarity um it just really helps and provides greater organization i think you're right i think it gives vision and with vision there needs to be action steps and like you said with clarity that's how people can follow and if we're leading other friends of ours like you said a person to a person to a people that's for those listening who don't know that that's our motto within our ministries we want to reach out individually to our friends and family who are loved ones to us it's not um it's not a sterile thing it's not a forced thing it's not fake but it's very real it's a real relationship with somebody that we love and care for and we want to bring them into the richness of life that we've experienced here in the catholic student union or whatever the community is that you're bringing them to and to, to go into a people, a group of people who are going somewhere, a community that's moving forward towards something really good, like we are with the Catholic Student Union moving towards a relationship with Jesus and a rich life lived together in, in everyday life um, and in religious practice, that, that's something very attractive to people. And to have the clear vision to do that, I think, is an assess, a necessary part. Um, what do you think, Mike, are some joys? that you've experienced of communal living or even being brought into community by the guys you were, you're talking about when you were a freshman. I, again, with community, I think it comes down to, to first of all, friendship. And um, I think the friendship of community 
And especially living in the house, uh, you're just able to be yourself. Um, you're able to kind of let your guard down, be relaxed. And um, it's just super peaceful. Um, I feel like I've grown so much, especially in my spiritual life, uh, through community and through communal living. I mean, both those are kind of different things. But um, within the community of CSU, I'd say being able to witness uh, the way people live their lives and also with that kind of community to be joined together with them um, through prayer and service, um, especially in, in the mass, uh, is probably just the greatest joy of mine. Hmm. That's awesome. Um, I'm curious if you have any fun stories that you might like come to mind right now when I ask. I didn't prep you on this, but do you have any fun stories to witness to the, to the friendship that you're talking about? Hmm. Um, I would say, I'll, I'll tell you about my best friend right now. His name's Jay Williams. You know, we had, we had met our freshman year. We played, uh, intramurals football together. Um, but you know, we, we were, we were all right. We were, you know, not, <laughs> not in contact that much. Uh, but we were, we were very nice to each other and whatever. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't until my sophomore year where we started getting closer. And um, I just remember, you know, the older guys in the community when I was a freshman saying, you know, all right, you need to you need to ha have a closer group of friends. Um, and really, like, you need to get a best friend and, like, just dive deeper into, into life with them. I mean, brotherhood is great, but you need, you need more. And um, it was after his witness um, during fall retreat of – uh, the sophomore year that I just remember coming up to him and I was like, Hey bro, we need to hang out. And, uh, we ended up getting waffle house one night in the fall. <laughs> and if you know, Jay, you know, he can talk your head off. So we were sitting in there for probably about three hours. Um, mainly him talking, but, uh, it was the start of something really cool. And, um, you know, he was, he was there for me in a lot of good times and bad. Um, especially in the spring semester. Um, and then, I mean, our, our friendship got even closer when he kind of introduced me to his family. He has family in town in Tallahassee and um, just the way that they loved me. And he brought me into his own, you know, personal community with his uh, eight total siblings uh, and his mom and dad uh, was just really inspiring. So it's cool to see, the growth of friendship over the years, especially with a guy like him, um, where, you know, you go from moving up to Tallahassee, not knowing anyone. And now your, your best buddy is a, you know, homegrown Tallahassee kid, um, who you're doing basically everything with. That's a great, great example, bro. Thank you for sharing that. It's, uh, it, you pointed out something I wanted to talk about, which was the difference between friendship and brotherhood. And we could probably do a whole podcast on this or even a series, but mm. something I've experienced in my own life with this difference between brotherhood and friendship is that you don't always have to be friends with your brothers. And sometimes your friends don't become your brothers. Mm. And I think what I mean by that is that sometimes the guys you're, you're running with, towards some a similar goal those are the brothers in your life those are the men who have a similar goal it's like mm. 
you liken it to the people on a sports team, like guys on a football team, they're your brothers in your football team. They're going to go accomplish this goal. We're going for the Super Bowl. And we're going to practice every day, get up early, work out. We're going to go to practice before school, after school, whenever you did it. And then we're there for one another. But you're not necessarily friends with those guys outside of the practice times. Mm. Like some of them you probably are, but other guys you might not be. But you unify to each other in order to accomplish the same goal. And I think within the Christian life, that plays out with this thing called brotherhood of other guys who are Christians, other baptized men other followers of Jesus and we are able to run towards Christ together. And I think the difference in that is with some, there's a certain natural friendship that can come about by similar interests and similar um, ways of getting along senses of humor, ways of communicating. And that's a really rich thing to find, but you don't necessarily need that to be a brother to someone because being a brother is a choice. Mm. You choose to make them your brother. And that lasts even longer than friendship sometimes. Absolutely. And the opposite is like when you have a friend uh, who, who you've known for a long time, maybe, or somebody you get along really well with, but they don't necessarily have the same goal in mind as you. Mm. I think it can be really challenging to deepen that relationship and go to the next level with that person to make them and help them become a brother in your life. Um, because your your values or your direction in life might not match up the same way as, as guys who you're running with uh, at a faster pace. Um, would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I think, I think they can be interchangeable too. Um, because there are certain relationship friendships that I have where I can look at a guy and say, that's my, um, you know, but like you said, there, there are many cases where with any brother you have, whether it's in your family or, or whatever, you don't choose your brother like naturally, you know, but but you still fight for that brother. You still love him and acknowledge him as as your own. Um, so I think it's very important. And it's a it's a certain level of depth in, in that relationship, too, when you get to, you know, calling someone a brother. Um, certainly, I, I would say that. Um, yeah. Hey, bro. And I think this is true, too, for women. Neither of us are women, though, so I can't, we really can't speak on that. <laughs> I said sorry, I can confirm. Can't confirm. Um, what you could speak on, though, is where you're going after college and what's drawn you there. So I know this, but I don't know if most people do. Um, but I would love to let you uh, kind of share about that right now and why that's important to you and, and the community you're looking forward to embracing. Yeah, I guess it's, that's a long story, but I'll give you a kind of an abridged version. Um, so when I came to college, I expected to, um, you know, get a degree in some kind of media and broadcasting. And like I said earlier, I worked for the St. Lucie Mets and did some other stuff. Um, and that was really what, like I was, I wanted for my life. Um, but it wasn't until, gosh, I think when I had my deeper conversion in college after my freshman year was when I was starting to get a little pull towards um, just going deeper in my faith and going to spiritual direction with my priest back home. And I was kind of just drawing interest in, in his life. And um, I mean, just so many things happened in that summer where I just delved deeper into my faith, established a prayer life and all this beautiful stuff, but 
yeah, it wasn't until that sophomore spring where it really hit me um, that to con- basically confirm, I think that God was calling me to become a priest and to lay down my life for him and his people. And so it was a it was a long year of discernment, I would say, from last spring till now, where I really had to take a look at myself and truly see what is God calling me to, not what do I want for my life, but what does God want for my life? And um, I mean, it was just such a beautiful, beautiful time in my life. It was (laughs) a lot of strain, though, I'll admit, Um, a lot of mourning in some ways, because um, I was dating a girl my sophomore spring. And when we broke up, I had this realization that I, I cannot make up Um, but basically saying that, you know, it was like from God, it felt like that this was the last girl that you'll ever date in your life. And basically, you know, I'd gone on a discernment retreat that weekend or the weekend before, and I just knew, I knew God was, was calling me and there was no hiding from it. And I had known basically all my life. I mean, I had altar served when I was a kid. I'd played mass when I was five years old I'd always had this attraction um but it was through this past year where God was giving me this desire to lay down my life um and to give my life uh for his people and so with that uh, a lot of prayer and discerning especially this fall and spring um I decided to talk with Father Tim who was recently on the last podcast um as well as my spiritual director over time and I signed these these documents basically saying that I will enter seminary after I graduate uh, the spring of 2021. And uh, I think signing those documents in December was probably one of the biggest weights off my shoulders uh, that I've had in a while, which is surprising when you think about what it actually entailed, but it was such a big relief and it brought me so much peace. Um. And I mean, I had confirmation from it. I'd gone to a monastery uh, for a weekend retreat out in Louisiana. And I had this scripture that came to me. um, I think it's from the the book of John where it it just says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, uh, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces, you know, much fruit and yields a rich harvest. And um, so that was just a really big confirmation um, about my life and wanting to um, give it all away and sell all my possessions and, and run after the Lord with everything that I had. Praise God. Praise God that he's knocking on your door and that you're answering and letting him in and that you had a community mm-hmm. to support you through it all. Um, men to run to and support you as well and brothers and sisters mm. your own age like, to walk with and be friends to and, and support you in this decision and this journey and what a good gift it is to even think about being being able to lay down your life in order that you might lead and bring others into this deeper mm. communion with the lord in the mass particularly offering up this bread and wine that becomes the body and the blood of jesus christ to bring full spiritual communion 
in physical communion even with this with this God that loves us so much that's willing to lay down his life and leave himself with us so that we're not alone until the time when he comes again and this beautiful call that he's put on our lives to to give it back because in dying and, ourselves we find true life. Yeah, and uh, I mean going back to the subject of community, I think that's what struck me the most through this discernment process, especially um, with this diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee, was the community and really the fraternity um, that I had noticed there with the priests. I mean, I come from uh, the Palm Beach uh, diocese where I just hadn't experienced anything like this until I came up to Florida State and um, the relationships that were established up there. I mean, with the brother priests and um, even even the guys who are in seminary now, I'm very good friends with. Um, so it was just it was very it was very easy to say yes um, in that way, because I had a whole nother group of brothers. I had a whole different fraternity um, to enter into. And I was never pressured or anything like that. But they were with me every step of the way and still are. And it's it's been such a great blessing. That's awesome. Praise God for that. <laughs> I feel like I've said that a couple of times because there's so yeah. much goodness here, man. It's awesome, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been... I don't know what else to say. It's so good to hear it. It's, it's encouraging and refreshing. And uh, it's been a gift to, to talk to you today, Mike. And, and I'm grateful for your honesty and the, uh, the stuff you've shared with us because it really nails home this, this pursuit that we have for something great. Um, so I'm curious, last question for you. What do you think would be something that you would uh, offer as a, as a feel of advice here, kind of putting out feelers for anybody home right now who's, well, during this Corona thing, if, uh, if they're home alone or even after the fact when Corona's all done and everything's back to somewhat normal, whatever that looks like, mm. and they don't have a community yet, how do you recommend finding that? Yeah, I have, I have two different paths, really, um, which which you can do both of. I guess the first one that comes to mind, I mean, it starts with the self, even before you seek out community, um, really seeking out solitude I, uh, through silence, through uh, listening to scripture and prayer and humility. I mean, this is a great opportunity that we have to to give ourselves to the silence and the solitude Uh, of life and so in this time where we're separated from the whole world as it seems like you know now is the great time to really delve into solitude of the heart into this silence into our own heart where we find a greater awareness of ourselves and what we're called to Um, it's so necessary for this interior silence to develop because then it it really just permits the soul to stay alert and attentive to the presence of God. And something that I do, um, I try to do almost every day and throughout the day, maybe almost every hour of the day that I'm awake is just pause for a moment, maybe a minute or less, and just recognize that I am in the presence of God. Um, because not only does that inflame me with God's love and, and peace, but it also makes me want to choose God more and, and stay away from sin. And so I think now is a perfect opportunity for us to dive deeper and, and to challenge ourselves uh, in prayer 
and to allow ourselves to be loved by God. Um, because like Father Michael Nixon said at our spring retreat, uh, the only thing that God wants from us uh, is to allow him to love us. And that's probably the greatest challenge that we have. Um, now, when it comes to how can I seek out community outside of uh, myself and my interior life, um, a great way to do it is by, by calling one person a day is my simple challenge to my men's group. If we can call one person a day that's in the community and have a pretty long conversation with them, I think that goes a long way. Um, we can also be united with our brothers and sisters through the liturgy of the hours, through the daily mass readings, even participation in live stream of the masses. Um, but even in a more personal way, just checking up on people. I mean, just because we're separated physically does not mean that uh, our love for the people in this community and our neighbor uh, should should diminish at all. Um, if anything, you know, we should unite ourselves to the word of God and that should inflame us to go out and to love each other. Well put. I think those are great suggestions, particularly about the interior life and how that's necessary. And I, I think that mm. outflows a healthy interior life in relationship with God outflows into our other relationships. Absolutely. And I feel like women in our lives, the fruit of your prayer is the charity that you show to others outside. Um, that's what I most have been most convicted of when it comes to um, my charity this year. Um, because I know if I'm lacking in charity, then there's something that I'm not doing correctly in prayer, or I'm not delving deep enough or laying down certain things in my life to love others. Amen. We'll close here with the scripture because that's always nice. So from first John chapter four, verse 11, it says, beloved, if God so loved us, mm. we also ought to love one another. And may that be the core of our community. And may that be the core of our friendships and uh, the life in our family as we're home with uh, the people we live with and also with the stranger that we meet at the grocery store, at the gas station, wherever that might be. Remembering that God is the one who's loving us and that we are the, the ones who are to respond. You made a great point. I mean, at the beginning of this podcast with um, talking about the two greatest commandments. And I think that that can be a good challenge for us at this time because those the two greatest commandments are the two most difficult. Um, you know, you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, all your mind and all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Um, those two commandments that Jesus gives us um, really fulfill what we are called to do in this life. And especially in these trying times now. So, we must love our mother and father. We lo must love our siblings. We must love our brothers and sisters in Christ um, because that reflects our love for God. Amen. And may it be so. Mike, thank you so much for uh, sharing your life with us today. Thanks for exhorting us and sharing fun stories and talking about your friendship with Jay and talking about your future uh, with uh, the seminary 
um, I really appreciate you, brother, and I'm thankful for having you. Thank you for having me, Sawyer. Appreciate you. you Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Catholic Student Union Podcast. I hope what you heard today causes you to think and that what you think about causes you to grow. As we continue making these podcasts, we want to focus on what you want to hear. So if you have a great idea of something for us to discuss, direct message your input on Facebook and Instagram to Catholic Student Union at FSU, FAMU, and TCC. My name is Sawyer Phillips, and from all of us here at CSU, May God bless you.